We're going to go to the book of Micah in chapter number 6. <clears throat> Micah chapter number 6. And it's where we're going to find our text here in a moment. We'll stand at that point uh, and read our text if you are physically capable of doing that. And we're refocusing in 2020. <clears throat> and uh, pray for my voice. Uh, again, uh, we're going to lose it here in a minute. Uh, but uh, refocusing on priorities in 2020. And with that thought... Uh, with priorities. I love, I love thinking about priorities. Of course, beginning of the year is, a, is the time where you might do that uh, personally in your own life as you look at your family priorities or, uh, or your business priorities for your work. Uh, but God has biblical priorities for us. Probably the biggest question uh, that Christians uh, ask themselves, and you should, uh, is uh, this question, uh, am I doing what God wants me to do? Uh, or what does, uh, what does the Lord want from me? You may have said this to somebody else in your life. You might have said, what do you want, what do you want from me? <laughs> uh, as they uh, perhaps, uh, you know, rebuked you or whatever. Uh, you just want to know what is expected. Uh, and when we don't have clarity on what is expected, uh, we'll surely, probably, most likely uh, fail in those areas. And so when we go to the Bible, I mean, our first priority uh, is to love God uh, and to glorify Him with our life. And this afternoon, I'll talk about uh, all our heart and soul and might and strength and mind. Uh, there are plenty of verses in the Bible that tell us we're supposed to love God, serve God, etc., all these things. Uh, and it's all of it. It's all our hearts, all in uh, with enthusiasm. And in the Sunday school class, I mentioned that we are a non-charismatic Baptist church, uh, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't have any charisma. Uh, and when we sing, we should sing with all of our heart and all of our might. In fact, I did that on a couple of those songs. That's why I wasn't able to, uh, to sing for the special uh, and sing myself out of a voice. Uh, I was watching the national championship game, and the coach for LSU, Cajun Man, I uh, forget what his name is, but he's got a very unique voice, and he screams it out every single game, and there's nothing left. And, and, uh, and we, there's a part of me that thinks that we should do that uh, when it comes to singing, singing out. Uh, sing aloud, but doing it with all your heart. Uh, there are going to be a lot of people uh, in a, a football stadium uh, this afternoon. There's a big game. Do you guys know there's a big game today? Uh, and uh, and we'll, they'll scream at the top of their lungs. Uh, and, uh, and they'll do everything. Now, uh, there's a part of it, since they spent like $8,000 for a ticket, uh, where they ought to they at least uh, go all in on it, maybe put some face paint on, uh, wear a jersey or whatever. Uh, but don't you think the Lord's more important than a football game? And really football, and I love football, I love watching football, but professional football really is just a bunch of entertainers that wear costumes. Uh, and uh, in, in play, it's, uh, it's uh, billions of dollars. They're going to make a billion dollars today uh, at the Super Bowl. Uh, I just think God uh, should, we should do more for God than we do for sports, uh, than we do for whatever else uh, we might love to do. And if we love something more than we love God, then that has probably become an idol to us. And we need to repent of that and make sure that God is first place uh, in our life. So, you know, what's required of me? Uh, what does the Bible say I need to do? Um, we can go, not, we're in Micah, <clears throat> but in uh, the book of Ecclesiastes in chapter number 12, verse number 13, the Bible says this, says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Uh, fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty uh, of man. As we refocus on our Christian walk in 2020, uh, we, need to, we need to fear God. Uh, we don't fear Him like we should. We, uh, and it's a godly reverence. It's not a, 
It's not a God's going to get me kind of a fear. However, if God wanted to get you, he could. Uh, if God wanted to, to judge you or uh, chasten you, uh, that's completely within his purview and uh, in his will. And it shows, by the way, that he does love us. Uh, so when we talk about a, a, a God in the Bible that uh, is a, uh, a, the Bible describes as a terrible God. Uh, not terrible like, taste this, this is terrible, all right? Uh, but a, a, a just, holy God uh, who deserves our reverence. In fact, he says, uh, if I be your God, where is my fear? So we ought to fear him. And then we ought to keep his commandments. And there's a bunch of them in the Bible. Now, talking about Old Testament commandments, however, uh, we are, uh, we're not under the law, we're under grace, but there are plenty of things that we need to obey uh, from the Lord. And in, in, in this passage we're going to read in, in Micah chapter number 6, uh, God's going to explain kind of a, <clears throat> uh, a, uh, a difference between what we think is outward and external and what God wants from us uh, and what He really requires of us in this passage. So I invite you to stand and we'll just read uh, four verses uh, from Micah chapter number 6 and we'll begin reading <clears throat> in verse number 5. The Bible says, O my people, remember now what Balak, king of Moab, consulted, and what Balaam, the son of Beor, answered him from Shittim unto Gilgal, that ye may know the righteousness of the Lord. Wherewith shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He hath showed thee, O man, what is good. And what doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God? The Lord's voice crieth to the city, and the man of wisdom shall see the name. Hear ye the rod, and who hath appointed it? Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless this message today, Lord, from your word in Jesus' name. Uh, amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> the first reference in this passage is to a story in the Bible of Balak the king, uh, Balaam. Uh, and, uh, and really, the long and short of that is uh, this idea that you can somehow uh, purchase uh, salvation or purchase the favor of God. Uh, we know from the word of God that you can't, obviously, you can't do that. Uh, you can't even earn it. Uh, you can't earn your salvation. There's nothing that you can do. There's not a bunch of things that you can stack up and do uh, that is going to gain you, merit you eternal life. Uh, witnessing to somebody yesterday, talk with them about, uh, about the Lord and uh, the differences between certain faiths. He says, I'm, uh, this is what uh, my faith is. <clears throat> and I said, well, here's what mine is. Uh, and we go to the Bible. It doesn't matter uh, what uh, he might believe that's different from what I believe, but to this extent, uh, that we believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That no one comes unto the Father but by Him. Uh, he is the way. Uh, we, we don't go because we go to a Baptist church. Uh, you don't go uh, to heaven because of the kind of church you go to. You go to heaven if you have trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You can't buy it. Uh, by the way, you can't, you can't sell it. Uh, when you're saved by the blood of Christ, there's nothing you can do to get unsaved. Uh, we believe in eternal security that when you're saved, you're sealed under the day of redemption, that neither death nor principalities nor powers nor things to come, there's nothing, the Bible says, that can separate you from the love of God. Uh, when we say uh, we're going to get born again, the Bible teaches us that we, uh, that we uh, are crucifying God afresh 
uh, in putting him to an open shame, paraphrasing there from the book of Hebrews in chapter number 6. So we believe once you're saved, you're always saved. That doesn't mean you're always right, uh, always right with God, uh, and that you are, uh, that God's just good with everything that you are, that's going on in your life. Uh, that's just not true. Uh, we need to make sure uh, that we obey God uh, and that our obedience to Him is with as much fervor uh, as is our love for Him uh, because we're supposed to obey His commandments with all of our soul and with all of our might uh, and, and all, of our, uh, all of our mind, uh, the Bible would say. So obedience to God is something that He places a great premium on. So we know, he gives the example, you can't, you can't purchase uh, salvation. Uh, you cannot purchase the favor of God. Uh, that's just not how it works. So he, so he asks the question uh, uh, in verse number six, wherewith shall I come before the Lord? And by the way, uh, because we are created in God's Im- image, that is the, the thought uh, or every single person lost or saved was created to worship God. Uh, and uh, they need to be redeemed if they're not saved and, and uh, be born again. Uh, but we've been created in His image. Uh, it, is, it is natural for us to worship. And people worship. They worship football. Uh, uh, they, uh, they worship, you know, money. Uh, I was reading uh, today about uh, what was the, the net worth of, uh, of uh, a, a certain uh, celebrity. Uh, and it was going down this, 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 this. And, and then they married another celebrity. And so their, their net worth is $800 million. That's what they're worth. Do you see the, the, the fallacy in that type of, of thought? I mean, what are, what are you? Yeah, priceless. In the image of God, you're His child. Uh, and we are, we're not to place a monetary you know, value. I mean, I get it. I understand what they're doing uh, in, from the world's perspective. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, we say, well... Uh, that person's worth $800 million. Well, what's a, what's a, a person worth in uh, Honduras? What's a person worth in, uh, in some squalor in Haiti? Uh, well, they are, they are precious to God uh, and worth every single dime of missions money that we would give in order to reach them. If, by the way, let me just say this, it's not a mission message, but if we just gave, 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 and gave, now to the Lord comes home uh, and there is one soul uh, that got saved as a result of Berean Baptist Church missions giving, it would be worth every single penny. That's the price of a soul. I mean, what do we do? So they said, well, you know, what are we? Uh, it's our desire to come before God, uh, and, and it's, that's built into us. It's burnt into us as His creation, uh, because here's, the, here's the, the truth. Every one of us is going to stand before God. Uh, where I would witness to someone and they say, well, I don't believe that or uh, that's just not for me and uh, you can do your thing, I'm going to do my own thing uh, and I just don't believe uh, that God would send people to hell and all the stuff that people would say. You know, it doesn't matter if they believe that. That's the truth of the Word of God. And if someone doesn't get born again, the Bible says that they're going to spend an eternity uh, in hell. I don't want that for them, so we'll uh, share. It's they, at one point, they're going to stand before God Built into them is a desire to worship God. They're worshiping life. They're worshiping self. They're worshiping something, uh, but they need to worship uh, the God of the Bible. Wherefore shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come to Him with burnt offerings? So these dealing with uh, these external forms uh, that uh, were part of worship at that time. Uh, Come to Him with sacrifices. Come to Him with burnt offerings. And there were offerings for everything. 
there are certain critters that you offered. Uh, you offered it uh, on such and such a day. You offered it in this way. Uh, once it was offered, part of it went to this person, part of it went here. Uh, and there was just a whole lot of stuff to think about uh, when it came to uh, bringing offerings to the Lord and bringing sacrifices to the Lord. Uh, and I believe this with all my heart, that if we, if we were required to do all that, we, we can't even get out of bed and go to church. Um, we wouldn't do any of this. We, would, we, would, we wouldn't put that much effort into uh, our spiritual life. Uh, and uh, in the amount of, I mean, people, people would bathe themselves before they would say the name of God or write the word of God. Uh, cleansing, everything that was involved in that Old Testament time uh, was, it's, it's overwhelming. If you're reading your, uh, through the Bible, 90 days uh, in the 90-day program, uh, you're going to be, uh, before you know it, in that book of Leviticus. And, uh, and there's just a whole lot of stuff in there uh, that, uh, that, by the way, is applicable to us. We don't do that. Uh, we don't sacrifice. Jesus Christ was the sinless, spotless Lamb of God, uh, and, uh, and He's paid that price. Uh, but you can learn a whole lot uh, about uh, from the ceremonial stuff that they do, uh, from the, the furniture to the temple to, the, to everything. There was a meaning behind all of it. Uh, and so he says, should I, if I'm going to come before God, should I come uh, and bow before him with burnt offerings and calves of, uh, of the year old? And uh, the answer really is no. And so he says, will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams and with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Uh, he's saying, can I? Uh, he said, no, uh, Balaam couldn't do it. What we do for God in the sense of, uh, of, of, of this context, that's not how we come before him. It's not an external form. Now, uh, as a independent fundamental Baptist, uh, and by the way, I'm a proud independent fundamental Baptist, uh, and and uh, and that's what I'll be until the Lord the Lord comes back uh, or He takes me home. Uh, but uh, but we're stereotyped as to saying that you know uh, we we focus on externals. That uh, now here's what I believe. Um, I believe the external things are a consequence of a result of or. Uh, part of what goes on on the inside. Uh, when God changes you on the inside, uh, that shows up. What comes from, from the inside through our mouth comes, it come, on the outside comes from the heart. And that God makes us, He transforms us. It's a metamorphosis. Uh, we're transformed by the Spirit of God, the power of God. He makes us a new creature in Christ. Uh, and uh, so there's a certain part uh, when God says that people should see your works and glorify your Father in heaven, uh, that yes, God looks on the heart, man looks on the outside, uh, and uh, your outside uh, should match up, match your inside. Is that okay? Uh, that's what I believe the Bible to teach. Uh, and uh, and we, can, we can parse differences on what you think that, uh, how that manifests, but the bottom line is it will manifest in some way. In fact, even with Peter, we talked about him in Sunday school, his speech uh, as he was, no, no, I'm not one of those disciples. He says, your speech bereath thee. You talk like a disciple. You talk like a Jesus follower. Uh, we all should speak Bible language, Bible speak, be able to talk about heaven. We should desire to go there. Our affections should be set above there. Our priorities need to be Jesus Christ in our life. God first. Uh, and then everything else uh, comes after that. But we struggle because we, we think that, uh, that you know, we just um, you know, bring our worship to God and that, God, that God's going to accept it. And He doesn't even accept that uh, if, uh, if our hearts are not right or we're offering to Him something uh, that's not acceptable to Him. Uh, 
So he says thousands of rams or with ten thousands of rivers of oil, the external things uh, that we read about in Scripture. And then he, he takes it even further, shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin uh, of my soul. I mean, I, whatever it is, he's saying, I'll, I'll do it. Uh, and God says, no, that's not really what I want. And I can't get into it for sake of time, uh, but uh, God places a premium on obedience. In fact, it's, it's uh, obedience over sacrifice. God wants you to worship Him because worship is due Him. But God never commands you to worship Him. He commands you to obey Him. Worship is something we offer to God. Obedience is something we do. And we're supposed to do it whether we do it out of duty, whether we do it out of love, uh, whatever the case. The bottom line is we're supposed to obey Him at His word. And when we obey Him, we do it with all of our heart because His commandments, if you're saved today, are not grievous to you. Uh, if the word of God is grievous, like, oh, great. You know, if I preach a message uh, and, uh, and it says, thou shalt not, uh, and you look at that and say, great, that's another thing I got to give up. Something's bad wrong in your spirit. You ought to be, oh, great. Now I know. Praise the Lord. Uh, I'm on it. Uh, I'm going to uh, put off the old man and put on the new man because the scriptures teach me that we should do that. So he says, it's not the externals. And here's what he says. He hath showed thee, O man. Uh, first off, uh, God has revealed what is good from the word of God. I told my Sunday school class, a guy said to me uh, yesterday at Starbucks, he uh, saw me sitting there and he goes, he says, what's good, player? And uh, I saw cool people talk, I guess. Uh, and he says, what's, what's good, player? Uh, and, and I was just reading, I was studying from a message and I wanted to preach, you know, he has showed thee what is good, player, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, and give him this message. Uh, but, uh, but God, uh, Jesus went about doing good. Uh, he says, what is, he hath showed thee, O man, God has revealed to us in his word what is good. And we are to, uh, that first off, I mean, that's the greatest thing. If, if you, uh, when you're reading your Bible, this 90-day challenge, or if you're not doing that and you're reading your Bible, your devotional time, uh, you need to realize that, uh, that God's word is good. And it's teaching you and you're growing and you're learning and it's so necessary and it's, it's, it's food and it's bread and it's water uh, and it's everything. It's more precious to us than, uh, than uh, precious stones and, uh, and uh, more important than anything. Uh, because it teaches us what is good. And so when a guy says that to me, like, you know, just, and he's trying to just start a conversation uh, and uh, says, what is good? Um, God is good. His word is good. Uh, life is good. Uh, whatever it might be, uh, God has showed us what is good. Here's what the Lord wants. He has showed thee, O man, what is good and what doth the Lord require of thee. Now, as a Bible-believing Christian, I, when those verses, when I read that, I give it my full attention because I want to know what God wants from me. I want to know what my priorities need to be because I struggle with them. Uh, I'll be distracted. Uh, it's 2020 and there are so many, uh, so many things that, that, that are drawing for our attention. We have to process so much information every single day. Your, your emails and, uh, and uh, media uh, and probably some of the best times that, that you can have is when you don't turn any of that stuff on and you just ignore it uh, because uh, that quiet time or that solitude is something that's precious. And so uh, if anything, this Bible reading challenge that causes you to turn off the distractions and focus on the Word of God and what is good and what God requires of thee, uh, in and of itself, the very practice is a, uh, is a blessing. Uh, it's true 
that God requires uh, offerings and sacrifices, if we put them that way. He wants us to, uh, to, to be a living sacrifice. He wants us to, to offer Him sacrifices of praise. Uh, he wants us to worship Him. Uh, he, he, he wants us to die to self, uh, to do for others, to live by the golden rule. Uh, and there are many things that God does require of us uh, in that respect, but He doesn't require them in lieu of, of obedience nor in preference to obedience. Obedience is the key. Uh, you've got to obey the Lord. So he says, what doth the Lord require? And then he gives us three things. He says, number one, but to do justly. Number two, to love mercy. And number three, uh, to walk humbly uh, with God. So there's a list of three things just right there. Uh, that God requires of me. I know I'm supposed to fear Him. I know I'm supposed to keep His commandments. But when the Bible says, okay, uh, keep His commandments, what, you know, what does that really mean? Well, uh, here He's qualifying, even in Micah 6, what some of those could be, uh, and that is to do justly. Here's what God wants us to do. Here's what, our pri- it's what we need to focus on. It's not the externals. It is, it is you know, it's not, you know, I love the King James Bible, uh, but, but uh, that's not the end all with everything we're supposed to do. I love being a Baptist. I, 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 I love everything uh, about church and, and, and what we do and our Baptist distinctives and our, uh, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, and we can, we can do all that. I, I just preach at a church. They don't wear ties. I wear a tie. I wear a tie simply because I want to honor God. Uh, and, uh, and when newscasters and politicians and, uh, and, and, and basketball coaches and, uh, and this and that and the other, when they all rip their ties off uh, and go casual, uh, then I'm still not going to think about it uh, because, because I want to honor God. And so that's just what I do. That's, if you don't want to do that, uh, that's simply uh, up to you. Uh, but, I, but I'm okay uh, with, with everything we're doing, but it's an external thing. You know, there are a lot of places where everybody's in ties and whatever uh, and got their King James Bible, uh, but they're just giving lip service to God. They're not worshiping Him, not in spirit and truth. Uh, their heart is not in it. They're not, uh, they're not doing what God's required them to do. And so it's not the sacrifice and the worship that we bring that God is necessarily concerned about, although He wants it to be right uh, and to come to Him the right way. But He says, you need to do Justice, true piety, it's a, it's a clear delineation in the Bible. What doth the Lord require of me, he says, do justly. He requires in us uprightness uh, of character uh, in everything, in our, our relationships. We're not supposed to oppress or to defraud one another. We're not to seek to damage the reputation of somebody else by word or deed or whatever. Uh, and uh, we're supposed to, you know, follow the golden rule. We're supposed to love others as uh, as ourselves and, uh, and treat them as the way that God is to do justice. It's not to be. In fact, the Bible says we're supposed to do justice. Uh, wrap that around your head if you're one that says, who are you to judge? Um, you're supposed to do justice. Do justly. Do justice. Do righteousness. I'm going to preach about that coming up. I'm not going to do it right now. But there's a whole lot of things that God says we're supposed to do. Paul says the things that you both heard and seen and whatever in me, he says do. Be not just hearers of the word, but what? doers also. I mean, how, how can we get by in a, in a 2020 Christianity and hear sermons and preachers or whatever who say it's just about being and not doing, and that if you do, you're somehow trying to work your way to heaven, and there's not been a Baptist preacher that I know that has ever preached and taught that. 
We don't work our way to heaven. We do because we're going to heaven. We, we show our faith by our works. And those works, as people see it, magnifies our Heavenly Father. They give glory to Him. Uh, and, uh, and so we're not supposed to just internalize. Uh, we're supposed to live that out. Uh, let your light shine before men. Hide it under a bushel, kids. What? No. You're going to what? You're going to let it shine. Uh, it's an important part, doing, to do justly. And then he says this, love mercy. Uh, there are two ideas, uh, I believe, with uh, this idea of loving mercy and that of forgiveness uh, and that of, uh, of compassion. Uh, mercy is forgiveness towards someone uh, who has sinned uh, and a benevolence towards them uh, who have sinned. Uh, and we are to love people like Jesus loves them. Uh, we are to be full of grace and mercy. Uh, and, and I think we, we fall short of that. Uh, we're very gotcha, vindictive uh, about everything in, in, uh, that goes on in life. Uh, we are really good at pointing out the sins of others and not so good about pointing out our own sins. In fact, we don't want to hear about those. Uh, but here's the deal. Um, I remember a song where it said this. It says, if I'm guilty, I want to be guilty of too much mercy. Uh, if I'm going um, to do wrong, um, if I'm going to be wrong, uh, let me be wrong by treating someone else right. It's mercy. You're supposed to love it. It's mostly this idea of, of compassion and forgiveness, uh, but, uh, but to love it. It's not just you know, being it or practicing it or knowing that it's there, giving a knowledge to it, but you're supposed to love it. To me, it, it, it reminds me of the fact that that's where, that's where I should, that should be my default. It should be to be merciful uh, to people, uh, to, to not excuse what they have done, uh, but, but to give them what they don't deserve, and that's the mercy uh, 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 of my mercy. It's not just God's mercy. I mean, they're praying and God's going to forgive them, uh, but I'm supposed to love. I'm to do justly and I'm, to, and I'm to love mercy and then to walk humbly. So this loving mercy is, is, is it's really us tr- seeking the opportunity to smooth each other's paths. It's love. It's compassion. It's love not covering up sin. It covers a multitude of sins. Uh, it is when, when somebody deserves, uh, you know, uh, to get backhanded that you don't do it. Uh, it's like they, but it's not just when and somebody else shows them mercy, you need to love the fact that they did. Love that. I love that about them. I wish I could be as merciful. I want to be uh, uh, known as Bob Reno the merciful. All right, if, uh, if I was some kind of like, you know, uh, middle, uh, you know, medieval times, whatever, uh, king, knight, whatever, that was what, I went, Bob Reno the merciful. Uh, but, but when you think about times like that, that was almost a disparaging comment. It's like you need to, you know, off with their heads. And that's kind of, that's the default where we go. They, you did wrong and blast them and whatever. But, but how, is that, how does that reconcile with what God requires from us? It's to, it's to do justly uh, and to love mercy. That's where I want my default to be. By the way, I'm going to show grace. I'm going to show mercy to you. I'm going to show that to somebody else. I'm going to show that to my wife. I'm going to show that to my kids. Uh, I'm not going to be more gracious and more merciful to a stranger uh, than I am to a church member uh, or to a family member versus a church member. Are you following me? It's mercy and loving it. 
It's, it's almost, like, almost like I get not to, to whoop you. I get not to hammer you. I get to show you that. Say, well, you know, and, and here's, what, here's what happens. When, when we have not been shown mercy, we don't want anybody else to be shown mercy. Because we got ours. How many of you, how many of you paid off student loans? Uh, and how many of you are like, you're just so stoked that some politician's going to just wipe out everybody else's student loans? You're like, no way. I had to pay my, I had to pay my college the tuition and student loans. It's not fair if they don't get it. That's, that's our default thing. If we don't, if, if, when we've not received, now, by the way, I don't think they should do that. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but when we don't receive mercy, we're very, uh, not very merciful ourselves. It's seeking to smooth each other's path. We respect the man whose conduct is regulated in accordance to strict justice, yes, uh, but we can love the man who rises higher uh, or the woman who rises higher than that uh, when, uh, when, because there's, you think about your own life, how many times God could have just stomped you out. Just done, tired of you, and uh, and and God could certainly do that to every one of us, but He doesn't. Why? Because He's mercy, and you know, merciful. And tomorrow, when we wake up, His mercy is renewed in the, every morning, uh, and uh, and we uh, we get we get bent out of shape when God doesn't give us grace, give us favor, give us something that uh, you know uh, that we don't deserve. Uh, when if all we just consumed our mind with was just God not giving us what we do. Uh, in His mercy, uh, we would be so grateful for that. But then it says, to walk humbly uh, with, thy, with thy God. To walk with God uh, is to make it our fixed purpose, uh, our determination, uh, our focus uh, to walking with Him. With humility, uh, that's what He wants. So there is a, a legal uh, thing uh, that God, what can we do? It's to do justly. There's a leniency, if you will, uh, and that is to, uh, to walk uh, and love mercy. Uh, and then there's to be lowly and humble. Um, that's what he requires. So in 2020, that's what I want to do. Uh, I, I want to, uh, as I look at this priority, by the way, there's other places. Uh, turn with me, Deuteronomy 10. Uh, is, there's one. There's a bunch of them in Deuteronomy. You say, well, that's Old Testament, Pastor. We're in the New Testament. I'm glad you said that uh, because these same, these same verses uh, are quoted for us uh, time and time again. Uh, uh, we've, in Mark, in Matthew, and Luke, uh, this very language is, is rehearsed for us uh, in, uh, in, these, in these books. So look at Deuteronomy 10, verse number 12. And now, Israel, what doth the Lord require of thee? Uh, but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all His ways, to love Him, and to serve Him, to serve the Lord. With God, with all thy heart and with all thy soul. All, all of it. Not just dialing it in. Uh, it is, it, there's, there's, again, verse after verse after verse. I'm going to give you some of those uh, verses tonight about loving, serving, obeying, uh, and, uh, and on and on and on. Praising Him with all of our heart, uh, all of our soul. Uh, it, is, it is all in, all the time. It's not, it's not, we're too apathetic. And, and, and it, the only people that that's hurting, is hurting, it's hurting us, but it's also hurting the lost in that when our gospel is hid, the Bible says it is hid to them that are lost. Uh, and, uh, and the Bible says that it's shameful for us to be that way. When, when we are a haphazard, dial it in, 
uh, not sold out, not, uh, not an all heart, soul, might, strength, mind kind of Christian, uh, it, it affects people. There are people in your life that God will use your light, uh, your gospel, your message of salvation that you're living in your life is a way to bring conviction of sin to their own life and to lead them to repentance. Uh, but, uh, but we just hide it. And, and, we're, and we're not as excited uh, about the things of God like we should be. So that's why we're refocusing. That's why we look at verses like this. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, it's, doing, it's doing justly and it's, and it's being humble and it's, and it's having mercy and loving it and serving Him and, and it's doing, not just being. Um, you know, we think about, uh, we sing songs about standing on the promises. We'll say, uh, uh, standing on the promises is better than sitting on the premises. Right, uh, and uh, uh, we 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 are too prone uh, to just rest upon the assurances of God uh, that we have uh, gone to heaven a long time ago, and I'm almost done. A long time ago, somebody that we love uh, had I was I was rebuking them about uh, their walk with God and and whatnot, and they said, "Well, you know, they know that they're going to heaven because they're saved, they're born again." And they said this to the extent, said, I might be in a doghouse in heaven, but at least I'm going to be there. And what they're saying is there's, a, there's, pride, there's you know, a crowns to be won and blessings and a mansion that God is preparing. They're saying, okay, I might not have the mansion. Uh, I might be you know, uh, in the doghouse, but, but I punched my ticket. I'm going to be there. And what they're doing is resting on that truth from God's word. Uh, but they've, they've resolved in their mind that they're not going to be a doer of the word of God. Now, I don't know how that all kind of comes out in the wash. Uh, and uh, if they're truly saved, um, I think if someone's truly saved, they want to please God, they want to go to church, they want to read their Bible, they want to do all the things that the Bible says that we should do, and they love it. Um, but, uh, but, but I think there will probably be people in heaven uh, who uh, um, are, are saved and, and then were backslidden. Um, there probably will be. Uh, but... Uh, I, I just don't. I just don't want to show up and and uh, I don't want to be in trouble. Uh, I want to live for. I want God to be pleased with what I'm doing. And uh, and um, but they're gonna. Do you think? I think there'll be people that stand before God and they're gonna give an account and they're like, I, you know, God says, uh, you know, uh, you should have should have went to you should have went to church. I said so in Hebrews chapter number ten. And they're like, I didn't even know that was in there. I didn't know that was in the Bible. My church didn't tell us we needed to go to church. They said, come when you can, and pray, you know, God's fine with that. And they're, and they're going to stand before God and say, I didn't, I didn't know that. Do you think that, that God's going to go, yeah, you know, or you know, Peter or Paul or whatever, uh, they're going to go, yeah, they, probably, they, they went to such and such a church, they didn't know that. No, they're going to give an account for that. Ignorance isn't bliss. So I want to know, uh, if, when I stand before God, what does God want from me? What does He expect from me? And this verse right here dials it in, in, in one respect, in three ways, uh, that I can do justly and love mercy and walk humbly. Checking those off. I need to work on those. Uh, and, uh, and, and when I do that, I know that that pleases God. So if somebody's not doing justly and they're not loving mercy and they're not walking humbly, does that please God? No. 
does it, does it, you know, if, if, if God is to uh, put one person next to the other, one's obeying him and walking in these ways and one is not, doesn't mean he doesn't love them both equally in the sense of God's love towards us, but one might be pleased with God and the other say, how do I stand before God? How do I come before him in, in sacrifices and offerings and all these things and external things? No, uh, it's, a, it's a heart matter. But don't tell me that it's not those outside things if the inside isn't there either. We said, well, it's not about, you know, this, that, and the other. It's not about that. God, God uh, you know, he knows the heart. Yes, he does. But if, you're, if your heart's not there, then, then, then who are you to judge somebody who has externals? How about we have them both? How about our outside matches the inside? How about we not be whited sepulchers on the outside, but then full of dead man's bones on the inside? You know, why don't we, why don't we uh, you know, not ignore uh, the weightier matters, uh, but then do the other things? Being a Pharisee, it's not about just doing externals. We've got to do externals. We've got to do them both. And, and that's what God wants. So man, I, just don't, I just don't know, uh, Pastor, uh, really what I'm supposed to do. Get in that book. Read it. God will, God will just show you uh, from it what's good. Because He's revealed it to us uh, in His Word, but then also from the prophet. Uh, and he says, here's what God says you should do. And then over and over again, which I'll give you tonight. Uh, but what do you commit today? You say, God, I want to do justly. Um, I'm, I'm doing things unjustly in that. Uh, I am not, um, I'm harsh uh, and I'm not consistent. Uh, I'm, you know, whatever, however God speaks to your heart. Loving mercy. I'm not asking you if you've been merciful, but do you love mercy? Is your default reaction to blast somebody uh, and give them what they deserve? Or is it, to, is it to be merciful? Because God has shown you so much mercy. Uh, and is it a humble walk? Not a proud and arrogancy. It's not a, uh, you know, and, and by the way, God says he resists the proud. And he gives what? Grace to the humble. More grace. Whoa, I thought we all get the same amount of grace. No, God gives more grace to the humble. And so I want, how many of you here want more grace? I do. I can't get enough of it. More grace, more grace. I mean, pile it on. God, I want God's grace. So that means getting low and being humble because that, that's, that's where God is going to work and he's going to give us that. So I don't know how God spoke to your heart, but I hope he has. And then you just commit to him in 2020 uh, to the, at least those three things. Let's just start there. I mean, there's a whole bunch of them. Uh, but let's start with those three. Let's all stand and uh, our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. And